In our breakout and best-selling book, Looking for Angels, A Guide to Understanding and Connecting with Angels, Dr. Scott Guerin and I share how you can communicate with angels, understand signs from the universe and these celestial beings, feel at peace knowing you are always connected to source, and much more. Get your copy today at lookingforangelsbook.com, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or your local bookstore. And now you can even get the audio version narrated by me and Scott through Amazon, Audible, and iTunes. You are listening to A Psychic Story, a podcast that shares behind-the-scenes insights of people who lead supernatural lives among the ordinary. And I'm your host, Nicole Bigley. Join me every Wednesday as I dispel the myths behind magic and lore. Welcome to A Psychic Story. Mysticism. Hi, everyone. Thank you for listening to this episode of A Psychic Story. And for today's topic, we have Elena Gorley. She is a clinical hypnotherapist. And I'm excited to have her on the show because I personally haven't done hypnotherapy, but I've heard great things about it. And before we get into that, would love to hear about how you got started into your spiritual journey and your path. Yes. So I grew up very Catholic, but also very much exposed to the metaphysical side of things. My grandma was my main inspiration, and she prayed her novenas, went to church every Sunday, but she also went and got her tea leaves read. So grew up, you know, on both sides of that and being open to that and accepting of that. And she had several experiences where she died and saw the light and used to tell us about that. And then she had an experience where her and my grandpa went to San Francisco and she knew, turn here, turn here. She knew all of the streets and they had never been there before. So we also learned about past lives growing up. So I was very, very lucky in that way. And then personally, I always had imaginary friends growing up. And then now looking back, it's like, oh, I was seeing (laughs) those that had passed on. It was my sister Claire, and then my Aunt Teresa. And I always talked about them, but just called them my imaginary friends. And, you know, over time, you kind of shut those things down and then started opening them back up. Um, I went, so I got my, my undergrad was biology pre-med with the intention to go to medical school. And then I decided not to do that. And I was kind of searching and found social work. So I got my master's in social work and specializing in mental health. And when I started doing that, just in talking with people, realized that there was more out there. There was a lot of people missing a spiritual connection as well. So about 14 years ago now, I went and got my past life certification in Sedona. And that really just opened everything back up. So everything has grown since then. I now have my advanced hypnosis training and this business is my full-time work. You know, I have three kids and two dogs and two cats (laughs) and a spouse. So, you know, this is what I do as my work, but yes. So. 
So when you were talking about like just all of, because you've done a lot, like as far as, you know, education and going into and exploring the spiritual and then the medical community, where was that fit? Like, how did you get to decide or get to that point of not just the hypnotherapy, but also the past life regression? And, you know, tell us a little bit about that. Yes. So as I started practicing the past life regression with clients, I started opening more to my connection to the spirit world. So over time, you know, in the beginning, I'm just following the script that I was given. And then over time, as I'm paying attention and tapping into all of these things going on around the person sitting in front of me, we started using, the spirit would give me a vision of how this person needed to release all of the pain and traumas from their body. And it was individual to that person. And just when I thought like, oh my gosh, this is the most amazing release I've ever seen, the next one would be even better. And it always resonated with the person. So then that just allowed me to just open up even more. So now when I sit with somebody to do a past life regression, if they if they want, we also open up to their spirit or healing beings. So those can be guides, angels, ancestors, elementals, which is what I call the nature spirits, guide animals, pets that have passed on. So any of those spirit beings that come through for them and the ones that come through in our sessions are specifically helping them with what's going on in their life right now. So I'm not in a medium of the sense of like, hey, I want to connect with my grandma and my brother and my sister. The ancestors that come through, they may have never even known in this life, but they're stepping forward because they're helping them with what is going on in their life right now to help them. Let's talk about past lives because obviously most people that believe in past lives obviously believe in reincarnation and all of that. So what's your perspective, especially in this line of work, and the experiences that you've had, why past lives, right? And why reincarnation? And especially now, if we're going to try and heal, like what's the connection, I guess? Like in my mind, you would think you would almost heal in that each lifetime, but it's progressive. (laughs) So how do Mm -hmm. we know that? And how do we even get into that? What my experience has been with the past lives and doing the work, some people come just for fun, but for the most part, people are coming because there is something specific they want to heal. And we can set that intention. So it could be a physical issue, an emotional issue, a relationship issue. So they're repeating some kind of relationship pattern over and over or any type of pattern in their life, kind of like that self-sabotage idea. So when they come to work with me, we set that intention, but we stay open to wherever their soul most needs to go for right now. So when someone comes, what they need to work on today may be different than what they need to work on six months from now or a year from now. So when we go back, it's going back to a life that has some kind of parallel with what's going on in their life right now. So it's for healing. So we do forgiveness work. We allow them to say anything they need to say to somebody from that past life and for them to be able to say things back to them as well. And that just helps them gain greater clarity for maybe how to handle their life differently in the here and now and just release any of that pain and heartache that they carry over. 
for some people, it's a fear or a phobia too. So that could be related to something that happened in a past life, usually kind of around that same age. So like at 35, if you died by falling off of a horse on a cliff and you all of a sudden at 35 have a fear of heights, we can go back and see where that fear of heights has come from. Also with physical pain, I get some people, you know, they've been to the doctors, they've tried everything and nothing is getting rid of this physical pain. So when we go in and check with that physical pain, sometimes it's current life issues that we need to work on and sometimes it's past life issues. So maybe they were kicked by a horse in the stomach and they have this unrelenting stomach pain and there's no medical explanation for it. So of course it can be for fun, but most of the time it's for healing something that's going on in their current life that's giving them some kind of issue. And would you say for the most part, because we're spiritual beings, we come here to have these human experiences to live and experience emotion in the physical and all the things that come with it. And that if those patterns or those lessons aren't fully learned and internalized at that time, then that's why we're potentially repeating it or that pattern is in this lifetime? Yes, absolutely. We can reincarnate with the same people over and over, and we can sometimes need to learn the same lesson over and over. So yes, absolutely. So it's kind of like if you think, all right, well, I'm not coming back (laughs) after this life, I'm done. Or you're thinking, I don't want to deal with it now. At some point in the future, you're going to need to deal with it. So it's kind of like either now or later, right? Yes, exactly. And that's why I do love my work with people on current life issues as well. Because I'm like, if we can do the healing in this life, then you don't need to keep repeating this (laughs) over and over. So I love my past life work, but I also love doing the current life work so that we can interrupt these patterns Mm -hmm. and they can really move along on their healing journey. And why the hypnotherapy? I think I know the answer, but for the listeners, if you could explain like how you had decided to kind of merge those together into your practice. Yes. So what I found in doing one-on-one talk therapy with people was that we could rehash an incident over and over and over and over again and not progress, not get any healing or movement. And, but when you move into the subconscious, you can actually start to do the healing around that. And of course, I absolutely believe in talk therapy. It's part of my sessions as well because we need to talk through things. We need to make the practical changes, the real life day-to-day changes. But until we can look at what's going on in the subconscious, there are things there that we're just not even consciously aware of. So the hypnosis allows us to get into that subconscious and look at those underlying beliefs, those underlying traumas that we might not even be consciously aware of. So curious minds want to know, what were some of your past lives? Yes, I, um, so I've <laughs> gone back lots of times at this point, mm-hmm. a good and bad one, and that most are like that. You know, there's some good things, some bad things. I wanted to go back and see why I was obsessed with waterfalls. And so I went back to a past life and it, it seemed like it was um, Ireland or Scotland back when there was like kingdoms. And I was the youngest daughter 
of some kind of leader. So I was kind of kept tucked away for safety. And the only thing that I could see from my window was this little waterfall stream kind of a thing and all of these wildflowers. And so that was kind of where that love of waterfalls came from. And, you know, it's not just like, because everybody loves waterfalls. Well, Mm -hmm. most people, but it's like that deep, like, oh my gosh, there's a waterfall. Like that soul deep feeling that I have when I see waterfalls. So that was a pretty cool one. And then with reincarnating with the same people, there was a a guy that had been in my life whenever I was in high school and college. And we actually ended up married and he had me beheaded. And it was kind of like one of those love-hate relationships in this life. And when I went back and did that, I was like, oh, okay, that's why we had such a contentious <laughs> relationship. <laughs> there was some residual there. That's kind of a big one. It's not like he just broke up with you or left you. That was like, yes. had you killed. So yes. in a very morbid yes. way, yes. brutal way. Yeah. <laughs> so what are some of the more interesting ones? Or like, I guess, how far back have you been able in some of your clients their past lives? Like how far back have have they gone? Yeah. So that was really interesting because, you know, when I first started, I was just practicing on my family too. And they were always, you know, up for the adventure. And my dad actually set the intention of going back to his very first life. And so we went all the way back. And it was so interesting because there's questions that I follow about the practical side of the life. Like, what do you eat? What do you wear? Where do you live? Where do you sleep? And it it was such a finite life of survival. That was the only focus in that life was food, water, shelter. And so there wasn't bigger life lessons to learn. It was simply survival. That was the only purpose of that life. So that was a really interesting one. That's like survival of the human race <laughs> yes, at that exactly. point. Because like, that was like in our very beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just like letting it perpetuate. Like if we reproduce and keep these offspring alive, then this will continue. <laughs> if not, okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then you were, I'm sorry, I interrupted you. You said that there was another one. Yeah, the other, I mean, I've had so many that are just so fascinating. But another one was an older lady that came to me and she went back to a life where she was one of the apostles. And so that was really interesting just to ask questions about that and get her experience in that life and, you know, how she was perceiving things. That was a really, really interesting one, too. What's the thing that surprised you the most about this kind of line of work? I think it's just really fascinating to go back and see different people's or hear about different people's life experiences that they had and then how it translates or intersects with our lives now. But what has like kind of surprised you or that you've taken away the most in this line of work? That's a really good question. I think the the thing that surprises me the most is that there is always a purpose for everything that we're experiencing. And it doesn't have to be like the firework purpose. It can be to love more, to laugh more, to spend more time with our families, 
to be gentler and easier with ourselves. So I think when I started this work, I expected it to be, you know, and it, this happens with people. They, they think they're going to be Cleopatra. They think it's going to be these magnificent lives. And you're like, okay, no, I lived alone and foraged for food and had my animals. But those life lessons of loving more, being gentler and easier with ourselves are so vitally important. And so I think that's what surprised me the most, these really simple yet profound life purposes. Yeah. And especially things like in the beginning, like in the case with your father and, you know, it was a basic survival skill that in some ways we take for granted, I should say, Mm -hmm. in this lifetime that we, all of the people before us and ourselves included, most likely created this moment in the here and now. And maybe part of it too is because just like you said, it's here to experience literally life to the fullest. And it could be simple in nature or in practice, but in reality, it's a big thing. It's still a big step in terms of our spiritual evolution. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I had, um, I have a fascination with crystals and water and um, also Egypt. And so I did one very early on in my younger life with my sister. She helped me regress. I think we had like a book or something that we had gotten from the library. And I had at one point lived on in Atlantis and actually was part of the group that went from Atlantis to Egypt. And so oh, that wow. really... Yeah, so that really made a huge connection to me spiritually of my fascination with that part of history when in reality, like I never lived anywhere near that area or that region, right? Or knew, I just happened to also know things that necessarily you wouldn't just know inherently without like kind of opening up a book. So that was probably one of the coolest things that I had. And how does it look like for people? So obviously the experience when they when they go through a past life regression is different, but how do you walk them through it? It's like you mentioned hypnotherapy, but how do they see it, visualize it, feel it? Yes. Great question. So we do a guided meditation and relaxation. So I just get them nice and relaxed. And then we walk back um, when we set that intention to go back. And everybody expects to see it like they're watching a movie, but some people may hear the answers. They may just know or feel the answers. And I always have that conversation with people because I know when I started, I'm a knower and then a feeler. And it I'm also very skeptical. So when I would go back, it was really hard for me to trust that, you know, when that answer popped in, that that was the answer. But over time, I realized, like, I'm not that creative. I can't be making up all of these lives because there's <laughs> I'm just not that creative. And that answer was just there. So that's something I always talk to people about is trusting that knowing or that feeling. And then some people do see it like they're watching the movie. And then those that are clairaudient more so will hear the answer. So yeah, everybody experiences it a little bit differently. And we just go through the questions. And I I just base where we go off of what feels important for that person and where their soul most needs to go. So yeah, it's 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 a neat process because it's always a little bit different for every person. What are some of the myths and misconceptions that you've experienced or that you would want to kind of clarify or let people know in this line of work? I get a lot of people afraid that I'm going to make them cluck like a chicken or... Um, 
that's probably the biggest one because most people's experience with hypnosis is a high school, like senior night or a cruise ship. And while those shows are super fun, it doesn't show people that hypnosis is also very therapeutic and can be used in these amazing ways. So that is the one fear that I get a lot. And the thing with hypnosis is, is that I'm not in control. The person themselves is in control. So if they're laying there saying, I'm not going to be hypnotized, I'm not going to be hypnotized, they're not going to be hypnotized. They have to consent to that process. And it actually strengthens their will because we are working with their subconscious. I'm not in control. They are in control of their subconscious. So they will only take in what is the very best and most beneficial for them. And the other thing that people are really afraid of is that they can't be hypnotized. And that is a little bit harder of a one because everybody experiences hypnosis in different ways. Some people feel heavy. Some people feel light. Some people feel cold. Some people feel hot. So I can't tell them like, this is what hypnosis feels like. But I do tell them that almost everybody can be hypnotized. The only people that can't be hypnotized are those with like a severe psychotic disorder or those that have very low IQs. Everybody else is can be somewhere on the continu- continuum of very light hypnosis all the way down to somnambulism where they're in a very deep hypnotic state. And all of those are beneficial. And we actually have natural states of hypnosis throughout the day. And so we're just tapping into that and helping them heal and feel better in the ways that they want to feel better. So there's no um, negative sides to it. Is when you say we have natural states throughout our day, is that like if somebody were to space out and just kind of like check out, or is that one or what, what, what does that look like? Yes. Yeah. That can be, if you've ever been sitting and watching TV and you kind of zone out, that's a form of hypnosis. There's also road hypnosis where if you've been driving And all of a sudden, you're at your destination and you're like, I don't remember how I got here. I know that's happened to me before. And then also right when we wake up in the morning and as we're drifting off to sleep at night. So if you think about that in-between time where we're kind of floating in and out of consciousness, that is a natural hypnotic state. And those, I always tell people to take advantage of that. So as you're drifting off or as you're waking up, setting some intentions. How do you want to feel? How do you want your life to look? Because you can put those into your subconscious yourself at those times. And that is um, something that I make sure I tell everyone because we can use that. Like, why not take advantage and optimize our brain potential? What does it feel like for you when you've been hypnotized or you've gone through through it out of all of that in the spectrum and the range that you gave? What is was it that you experienced the most? I am the somnambulist. So I go very deep, very fast. I love hypnosis. I am a type A control freak. So hypnosis allows me to actually relax and just float and feel fantastic. So I absolutely love hypnosis and the feeling and that in-between feeling. So, and I'm like that person that gets called up to the stage because I 
you know, when they tell you to put your hands out in front of you and you can't separate your fingers, that always works for me because I'm that, um, I like to go very deep in hypnosis quickly. (laughs) I haven't done it much, but the few times that I have done it, the way I've seen, at least from the past life regression standpoint is almost like imagination. You know, when you were a kid and you really Mm -hmm. would, um, just vividly think of things or dream state, but you're awake. That's where I've seen. So when I say see, it's more visual in my third eye and it's not a movie, but it is like me almost dreaming in a way and like Mm -hmm. experiencing it. But then I've also had instances where when I was doing deep, deep work, I was very alert and very aware, but at the same time, like relaxed. So I don't know if that makes any sense and where that would be, but... Yes, those are actually great descriptions and better than what I told you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yes, it, it, and it depends on the work that you're doing. You know, sometimes, and each session can be different for different people. So like you said, you experience it differently even within yourself. But yes, it is kind of that almost like they're drifting off to sleep, but yet they're still hearing the words that I'm saying. And, you know, sometimes they might float off even more and then they come back. And I tell people to open up to their imagination because that creative, imaginative part of our brain is where our subconscious is. So if we're open to the imagination, then we're also open to tapping into our subconscious. So yeah, perfect. What other things have we not talked about that you would want to share with the listeners, like whether it's your experiences, some of your clients' experiences, or even just a topic that we haven't really touched on? I think what else I would like to encourage people to do is to recognize that connection with the other side is very subtle. So that's another thing that I talk with people a lot. You know, the people that are coming to me are usually not well-versed in past lives or connection with guides or angels or ancestors. I get some people that are, you know, really into it and know all the things and have done this a million times. But for the most part, I get complete newbies. I live in a super small town and I have three different offices that are also in, you know, three small towns. So this is like a very, very new world for them. So I love in session being able to help people connect with their intuition first and foremost. So checking in with, does this feel right for me? How does this resonate with my body? What does my body, mind, and spirit most need from me? And just starting to trust that. I think culturally, we're taught not to trust those gut feelings, our intuition. So if I can empower people to begin to trust their intuition and trust what their body is trying to communicate with them, that's really important. And then also on the intuition side of stepping into that connection with their loved ones, with their guides, with their angels, um, with Jesus, whatever their belief system is, starting to trust those signs and symbols that they receive. It's important to spend time being quiet and we can be quiet in the midst of chaos. So but finding that space where you can be quiet in your mind so that you can be open and listen for those signs and symbols and then paying attention to what's going on in the world around you. Like the other day, I was super stressed out. So I went to bed saying, okay, I need some help just releasing, um, 
to just feel better, to have clarity around what is most important for me right now. And then that morning, I woke up exactly at 444, (laughs) which is the angel number. And I work with the angels a lot. And then as I was leaving my house, a beautiful butterfly landed on the path right in front of me. And yes, of course, those could all be brushed off. But if you're open to signs and symbols, to looking at the magic of the world, then you can take those as reassurance and messages from the other side, like breathe, it's going to be okay. It's all going to work out, those kinds of things. So that is a big piece of the work that I do is helping others really step into that trust and belief in themselves and their connection with their higher self and their connection with their spirit beings. So it's probably the favorite work that I do. Yeah, you mentioned something really important as you were talking. I was getting some information kind of downloaded, and that is, I think, part of some people's hesitancy, regardless of where they are on the spectrum, whether they've been in the spiritual journey and their path for a long time and they're super connected to what they need to do, or if they're newer in it, like you were saying, especially where you live and where you work, it might be newer for a lot of people in that area, is in some cases, the fear of losing control. Like you think Mm -hmm. that if you're going to release and open up that you are in some ways in this scary place or this scary thing, whether it's judgment, whether it's just fear of the unknown, whatever that is. But ultimately it's to me, what I kept getting was control Mm -hmm. that we want to control these aspects. But what you said so beautifully is that when we're open to all of the things that life has to bring us and when we're getting a little bit closer to that core and to ourselves, we're truly open and we're actually empowered, it's not us having to control those things as much as like we're connecting in a different way that we never have before. Yes, that is beautifully put. And that misconception of giving up control to allow these things to come forward and process and heal is probably the thing that holds most people back. And you're right. It's not giving up control. It's allowing things to flow. We are still in control of our thoughts and our feelings and our emotions. And actually, the more we're in flow, the more we can control our thoughts and feelings and emotions and have that greater awareness of being intentional with our thoughts and moving through those feelings and emotions so that we can process them. Yeah, I really like that. Yeah, it's almost like when we're more in flow, we're more connected and then we don't need to control because we're not controlling it in the way we think we need to. Like in a human aspect, we are empowered and in that just flow control. Uh, I love that flow control (laughs) from a a spiritual standpoint, from our natural place of resonance and where the energy comes from, right? And how we're connected there. Yes. And we're letting go of the shoulds and have tos. It's like, actually, this doesn't feel good for me right now. So I'm not going to, you know, say, push through and do this workout. It feels better for me to take a nap right now. Um, And when we are in flow, we can recognize that and honor that instead of like, I should work out today. Well, no, I should probably take a nap because that actually feels better for me today. And then we can trust that. That's the biggest piece because then, you know, when you say, okay, I want to take a nap instead of working out. Okay, am I being lazy? Am I being slovenly? No, I'm trusting 
that the information that my intuition is giving me today is true and real for me. So I'm going to go ahead and take that nap instead. So yeah, it's a great place to be. How can people get a hold of you or how would you like them to reach out? I know that you have a website, celebrateeverystep.com, and you also mentioned that those are also your social media handles, but what's the best way for people to contact you if they're interested in a session or just learning more about you? Yes. So I do have my website and then I have my Facebook page and my Instagram are both the Celebrate Every Step and messages through there is probably the best. I had some issues with emailing through my website. There was a bunch of spam coming from other countries because it was, I couldn't read it. And um, so my email is my name, A-L-E-N-A-K-G-33 at gmail.com. So that's a great way to get a hold of me. And um, yes, I do. The sessions can be in person, of course, but online is just as effective. And I've been getting more online clients, of course, through COVID. I had to adapt and change and open up to more online options. I am planning on launching more classes. Those will be online group classes. And I love teaching on chakra balancing. Healing intergenerational trauma is another one of my very favorite topics to work on with people. I have some plans for connecting so that you can meet your guides, angels, and ancestors. Also, healing the body is a big passion of mine as well. And connecting with self-love around our bodies. So loving ourselves through the process of being healthier in mind, body, and spirit. So I will have all of those things coming up. So obviously there's lots of classes and I think it's nice too because people can plan. People can go on your website. Are you going to like put holders on there if people are interested? Yeah, I mean, I still have a couple months here. So hopefully I can get things up and running and maybe even launch a few classes. Yes, I will have the upcoming things um, showing as well, what will be coming up so they can plan ahead and, and look forward to those. Oh, I know. I also wanted to do a metaphysical basics. So touching on crystals and divination and past life and astral travel And um, I know there's a couple other topics in there because I think it was like a six-week course that I wanted to do just so that we can touch on those top, you know, those very, um, the topics that most people are interested in. And we can just start to touch into those and learn more about them. I love to teach um, just because I want to empower other people along their journey too, so that they can start doing this work for themselves. So I'm excited to get all that up and running. Well, amazing. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. And for anyone that wants that information, if you haven't had a chance to jot it down, obviously we'll include it on the website and in the show notes. But I really appreciate you having um, told your story, shared it, as well as, you know, hypnotherapy and what that means for us from a past life standpoint and how we can learn on our prior lives and apply it to this lifetime here in the present. So Thank you again for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me. It has been really fun to talk with you today and cover these topics because obviously I'm very passionate about them and want to share them with more and more people so they can continue on their healing journey. Thank you for listening to A Psychic Story. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode and join the conversation on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. 
All episodes are free on your favorite podcast player or at a psychicstory.com. Have a question? Is there a topic you'd like to hear more about or have a suggestion for a future guest? Send an email to contact at a psychicstory.com or leave a voicemail message at 1-800-880-1881. We'd love to hear from you and you may even be featured on a future episode. If you're interested in booking a session with me, you can do that directly on the website. And if you want to hear even more content hosted by yours truly, check out my other show, Supernatural Matters. Reminder that you are automatically entered to win either a free 20-minute intuitive or energy healing session with me if you leave five stars along with a positive review. Currently, reviews can be left on Apple, Stitcher, Podchaser, or CastBox podcast players. Don't forget to email contact at a psychicstory.com when you do, because it allows me to get in touch with you if your name is pulled in the drawing. Your name stays in until you win. Hey, Nicole, um, this is Bumble Ward. I think we've seen each other on uh, Instagram, and uh, I'm a huge, huge, huge fan of your show. I love it, and it's helped me so much. When I started on this path, I didn't really know where to turn, and you um, are enormously helpful so thank you very very much i have a suggestion i'm a little obsessed with her i i i'm reading her book at the moment um it's a woman called dr betty kobash she knows k-o-v-a-c-s um she's a scholar of consciousness and spirituality and has a book called no death there is nothing but life um and another book um which i'm reading at the moment the light workers or the light dreamers miracle of light something like that anyway she's wonderful and i think that she'd be a great guest for you um really really super smart but also uh just very very awake 